Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are for another new media show. Welcome back to the podcast, Rob. Hey, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show. It's amazing that uh, this show just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling <laughs> all these years, right? <laughs> you know, uh, companies come and go, company strategies come and go, but the new media show is right. still here. <laughs> and we may be coming into a new time in the podcasting space oh. where we see a rotation of the players uh, more. Oh, rotation of players. Well, uh, players at all levels. I, <laughs> I think people changing here and changing there. And, you know, Sander FM is a good example of a, of a company that started out in hosting and they're shifting their model over to brand safety and brand suitability and getting into data and AI technology and stuff. And that seems to be a kind of a hot trend and for a couple of different companies out there in the medium that are trying to uh, bring some sanity to <laughs> the the brands that are looking to buy advertising and podcasting and not willing to take risks on uh, extreme content, I think, to some degree. You know, it's so overrated. <laughs> well, it is, right. But that's, you know, when advertisers want something, right, the industry has a history of bending over backwards. The key, to... the key word is, is bending over. And... <laughs> You know, let's, let's kind of be backwards. Let, let's, right, let's yeah. kind of be, let's kind of be frank. So you're okay. So, Hey, I'm glad Sounders getting out of the podcast hosting business. That's, you know, that's a win for me, but they're going to go and now focus on brand safety and AI and for a very small number of shows. Well, yeah. I think they, <laughs> Todd, I think they hope that it will scale across programmatic, which would be, the potential of encapsulating a lot of shows, but I think the reach of that is still, you know, just cause you have 10,000 shows in a programmatic by doesn't mean that the top, you know, thousand don't reach most of the listeners. Well, the, so, but, right. but the programmatic piece is already solved from a brand safety piece. It's already solved because let's, I, I the company I'm working with has already got it figured out. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the, I think because of the, of, of the nature of the targeting that can be done with it. Um, I think there is, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've removed it, but I think we're the key that a lot of these folks are getting into. And Todd, and I've, I've talked about this for many years and I'm sure we've talked about it many times on the show too, is, as you look at transcripts, um, transcripts are like a Swiss army knife to the podcasting space. I mean, how, how many different ways can we take advantage of transcripts to, to drive, you know, even an incremental perceived level of value to, you know, advertisers and mm -hmm. to the shows, to listeners, to, you know, it's, it's really turning into that. And that's kind of what's happening here with this brand safety and suitability is that, they're pulling transcripts and they're running AI technology to map context, right? It's not the word you say. Oh. It's the combination of oh. the words that okay. you say okay. that have more meaning than just the word. Yawn, 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 boring. You know, a show on tech is a show on tech. A show on movies is a show on movies. A show on politics is 
is a show on politics. If, if yeah, but you, there's gradients now, Todd, oh, that, they, that people are concerned about. Whether you agree with it or not, uh, there are people out there that have views. I mean, I think what's happening with Twitter, I think, is an interesting example. Yes, of, it's open again. Well, but is that really <laughs> Elon Musk's total strategy here? No, uh, but I think that there's a much bigger. But I, um, but I, th I think what's happening over at Twitter is wonderful no, because it is. I mean, it's shaking well, things up. It's making people well, he think wants as big of an audience. Yeah, users <laughs> as he can get. Right, but but again, yeah. you know, it's you know, be careful what you wish for. So it's it, it's all, yeah. you know, eight bucks to maintain a blue check mark. You know the. You know, the way I look at it is, I mean, I don't know what value my blue check mark brings me. Have not nary a clue. I'm there. Eight bucks a month. And, and I'm already, my identity is known. It's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to hide my identity. It's everything's linked to me. Right. So if I have to pay eight bucks to maintain my blue check mark, I probably will because um, every business has to have a model that keeps it sustainable and keeps it on. For me, Twitter's a very valuable resource for my business and for me as a podcaster. So, you know, again, you got to go where your audience is. If your audience is on Facebook, be on Facebook. If it's on LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn. If it's on Instagram, go to Instagram. Yeah. But, you know, I don't use uh, Twitter to talk about politics or any of that other BS. I talk about tech and stuff going on in podcasting and, you know, stuff that is more business oriented and show oriented. It's not my personal platform to vent on some topic. Right. So I don't know. My use of Twitter is different than I'm sure a lot of other people's are. But all these topics do kind of map to the same broader issue. And that's, you know, on the brands sort of in there's a variety of companies out there that are vying in the podcasting space. And there's barometer, there's Comscore is playing in, in, in this area. Um, and Magellan AI is playing with this area too. The former CEO of, of, um, podcast one is now working there. Um, I think that's the right company. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, so there's, there obviously there's a growing interest in this. There's area. obviously, I don't hear this from anyone we talk to it's the people that are all in the advertising space that are all freaked out about this. And I'm going to be yep. frank, they're serving a very, very small portion of the podcasting community. And if they think that they're going to build this, a massive business serving 3% of podcasting, they're smoking crack. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that there's a lot of grand ambitions for podcast advertising that it's going to be a four or five billion dollar industry oh, okay. in the next couple of years. I'm not holding my breath. I know. I, I mean, you and I both have been down this journey a few times here. Um, so we shall see, right? I mean, this is a tough economy too. And that, I mean, I have been a little bit surprised that the CPMs have remained um, fairly high. Um, so maybe CPMs, isn't where it's getting hit, but it may be just the frequency and, and how many buys are, are happening as where and how long the campaigns are and all that stuff may be in a reduction, but I don't hear anybody talking about that. Hmm. 
So, so it's, and it could just be that, uh, there's a shift going on people shifting budgets over from TV and radio into podcasts. Cause it's got a better ROI to it. Uh, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, it, it it's okay. I, again, these companies that want to make these changes to what they're doing to their business plan. Um, and if they're running scared of podcast hosting, then so be it. Um, I, yeah, it's the, I mean, if you just kind of want to, want to encapsulate what's happening on this, Todd, I mean, just look at sounds profitable. Look how, how much that little organization has blossomed here over the last year or so you can see, you know, with Brian and Tom Webster and stuff that, I mean, there's like a micro economy going on there, right? That's a subset of the podcasting space that has them grand ambitions that there's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry funneling out of that. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm, well, it's already a multi-billion dollar industry. (laughs) One billion. Yeah. Well, one, but I I just, you know, again, if someone wants to continue to, you know, if, if they have a changing priority and you think that's where the wind has shifted, then fantastic. That's way it looks like the winds are going to shift. So, right. um, it doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think this brand safety thing, you know, if they, again, wh- where's the most of the brand safety that's going to be affected? I don't believe it's going to be in programmatic. I don't believe that the programmatic piece is going to be, a hearing or looking at it as deep or contextually as deep as uh host red ads. Todd, it's, it's a feeling of comfort. You know, I think it's just going to be a data point, um, that will, that a buyer will utilize to say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Based on this, what's being termed as like a scorecard for a show, right? They'll, they'll, they'll scorecard a show, not too much different than what is being done with like a nutritional label. Um, well, again, on a box of candies or something. It's, it's the same principle, right? There's this many of this ingredient, this many of that ingredient. And, and what we're talking about is, um, controversial topics. So is the focus and, and that could also be drilled into, into topic areas um, uh, that that may map to interests that that brand has around topic discussions and things like that too. So it could could bring into another fold of um, targeting that maybe takes us away from IP based targeting. But I still think that IP based stuff is probably still going to get pushed on too. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm glad I'm my business isn't revolving around the need to monetize the whole stack and try to be an auxiliary service to that stack and to be brand protection for that stack because they're not touching my stack. Not yet. Why would they? Well, if you're into programmatic, I yeah, think we're our sites on it. We're already doing programmatic. So I know, but it could be a add on component to the buying process. Well, that's not my problem because I don't, I don't manage that. Right. So that's, that's where, where you disconnect from it is, and it's going to come through your, your partners that are doing the actual ad sales. But they're already doing a brand safety. So they're doing it on their own. 
So well, they don't need to use a third party for brand safety. Then that's, they probably have the solution that they need. Yeah. So I agree. They, they're catering to a pretty narrow niche of the market. No question about it. Well, I, I don't know. It's just, it is an interesting, uh, uh, I guess for a better word, it is a interesting time uh, to be, you know, well, you know, again, I'm glad uh, Sounder decided it was time to, uh, to, to jump out of that business. No, I feel sorry for the 5,400 shows because that, that's not something I wish on anybody. Well, we get, we have a home for them, right? We have a home for them. No, no problem. They did a special deal with Spreaker, Todd. Did you hear about this? Okay. Well, how many of those shows are actually going to go to Spreaker? You know, that's the thing, you know, that's up to them. That's up to those individual shows. I know that they were shopping around the sounder FM, um, hosting code base. They were looking for a buyer, but yeah, who's going to buy that when there's 30 hosting companies? I know. Well, that's, I'm sure that's the buzzsaw they ran into. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And in this economy, um, it's, it's a tough one, right? To yeah. The free, the free money's gone. You have to uh, be able to, uh, be profitable. Yeah. You have to be profitable. You stand on your own two feet. Yeah. Yeah. More and more. Yeah. I'm looking at my, lightning node something happened the other day and i'm not exactly sure what happened uh, okay well something is a miss here i'm looking at it during the show i had a 300,000 sat increase and it says because of a channel disconnection don't know what that is but we'll figure it out <laughs> um but we didn't get any boost from the last episode. So I don't know what's happened here. People aren't, people aren't liking what we have to say and they're not boosting us. I guess we have to get Dave Jones back on a regular basis. <laughs> I guess maybe, I don't know. <laughs> That'll cause that to happen. Right. Yeah. So I guess the question then really is, um, you know, I, I, we're watching the numbers from the number of content creators coming on board and, and we're not seeing, we're seeing steady Eddie, um, not seeing, uh, you know, the onboarding numbers are about the same, mm-hmm. um, where we're seeing more real challenges really is. And it's kind of how I uh, labeled the YouTube video today was basically it's a situation where new podcasters need more help, you know, and, uh, they're not going to get to the monetization stage unless they, yeah, unless they get to, you know, understanding how to create shows, how to create growth, all those things. Uh, well, I think it's the great growth part and the creating shows that enable growth. Well, go together. well, you know, it's number one, it's a two-step process. Number one, it's getting them going. Yeah. Getting them to episode, not just episode one, but three, four, five, seven, ten, getting them beyond that. And then yep. giving them the, you know, the tools and information to help them see their trajectory and see where they're going to, to grow their podcast. I think, you know, a lot of the things we've been talking about in the podcast to podcasting 2.0 space, um, some of that is going to help, but at the same time, um, the education on that is going to have to be extensive and, 
Um, us geeks, we fully understand it. But, you know, I asked a question recently on a Twitter thread in a specific podcasting uh, group. Basically, there's a thread of podcasting conversations. And the response I got back on, you know, what do you know about this? And uh, the responses were, you know, pretty brutal. Um, your average content creator who is, let's we put it in the range of 18 to 25, um, they, they're, they have a whole different perspective um, on things and uh, on, on, that, on the space. That's a Gen Z. And, um, yeah. and it's up oh, there went, uh, there went a boost that just came in 1776 Liberty stat, uh, sat. And the reason I got my audio turned off is because someone was sending me a text on Mastodon. It was going boink every time, but I was trying to find those comments. I got to go back a few weeks and see if I can actually, uh, find them. And let's see if I can find the actual conversation because Gen it, Z is a different generation. Well, they were just, you know, they were referring to the effort being done by a bunch of old men was basically the, the thing. And I asked them if they'd actually researched any of the stuff that was going on and understand the value it would potentially bring to them as content creators. And there was no response. So it was just, you know, someone that was being a little snarky, of course, but, um, I think that um, what we really have to do with all of this, with everything going on in the podcasting space now, it's just, it's, it's heavy, 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 heavy education. And ongoing, you know, and making people understand, um, not understand, but just, again, back down to almost podcast basics. It's the stuff that I struggle with every every month um, and getting content creators to, you know, just to basically do the basics the, because they just aren't doing the basics, the basic, they complain about their show not growing, but they're not even doing the basics to make it so they, their show can grow. Right. And I think that's the, at least on my part, a little bit of frustration because you can lead a horse to water and give them all these tools, but if you know if they don't do any of this, then you know it's and and again, these are some folks that are creating great content. It's not like they're noobs; they're people that have been building content for a couple of years, and they just are they just don't understand the fundamentals of yeah they're they're using social right. a, a little here and there, but they just they just handicap themselves so bad. It just dry. It really drives me crazy. Keeps me up at night. Yeah, frankly, I think there's a lot of lot of conflicting messages out there, and a lot of confusing messages about how to do that, and what direction to go, and do people have time to do what it really takes, and do they even know what it really takes um, to build a show these days? Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 a constant struggle. I mean, it's it's there's really nothing new about that conversation that I can think of thinking back many years now. Yeah. You know, but it's, 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 it's more so it's more so now than it was. Yeah, but why is it more so now? Is it just because the, the medium has gotten much more complex 
do you think it's harder for somebody new to no. comprehend and understand? Because I feel that way even myself. That well, it's gotten so complicated that uh, it's hard for somebody new to even even know what they don't know. I hate to say it. They're not but willing to read. <laughs> well, they, well, they probably want to watch a YouTube video to learn how, right? They're, they're not. And that, that they're not even that they want everything handed, to, handed them. to them. Right. Well, that's, that's a little bit of the, the, a little bit of the millennial generation, I think speaking there, um, maybe some degree, the Gen Z generation. Yeah. Now I, I, it's terrible that I'm stereotyping like this, but um, I, I see it. Across I do the have, field. I, I raised two millennials myself. I'm both of my children are millennials. So, you know, I think I, I understand, you know, what's going on there. Hey, I, I, I don't attribute it necessarily to millennials, but I do see a majority of my conversations are, no, I can't say that either. I think it's across the board from a demographic yeah. standpoint. Yeah. I don't, you know, is it just a lack of attention to detail, um, that we're, we've kind of lost because of the fragmentation of our attention. I think <sighs> there's a little bit of that going on here. Maybe, but, yeah. I, but again, I think it, um, you know, I listen to the content content's wonderful and it's worthy. It's noteworthy. It's engaging. Mm -hmm. And, then I say, okay, why are we not getting any traction? Why is this show not getting any traction? It should be. And it really. That's a complicated question. Well, again, yeah. there's usually about 10 things. Yeah. That. Just 10. <laughs> just, well. Yeah. Well, there's about 10 things. Yeah. Then maybe they're doing two of them. Maybe they're right. doing two of those 10 things. Yeah. And they're not doing any other. So, right. Right. you know, I, a few years ago, I did a, um, every year I concentrate on like one year I'll spend talking about something. I, I Every place I present, I'll do the almost the same presentation, trying to stay in the same topics. I'm thinking about 2023. Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, if I go to speak somewhere, what am I going to speak about? And right. because... Yeah, we we reach this show, and a lot of people listen to the show. We'll take ideas from the show, and they're they're probably the majority of everybody listening to the show is doing the things they need to grow their show, are grinding hard, and you know, but we don't reach ninety nine percent of the people that should be listening to the show. Um, no. so if I get a chance, an opportunity to speak to people that aren't listening to the show, then how do we how do we get them? You know, what, what am I, what do I want to tell them this year? And I, and I think this year my focus is going to be, um, cause we're fast approaching 20 years here is, is, is the future and what you'll need to do to be a successful content creator in the current age of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And some of that stuff, and I feel a little twinge of it coming back, 
stuff that I've always purported to be really, really important. And we don't have to go over that in this show. Everyone knows that already. But I feel a little bit of starting again, this little push of, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Um, that's old thinking. I don't need to do that. And I'm, I'm looking at everything. I say, is it old thinking? You know, is this a method old thinking? Well, if you're not, if your show's not growing. What else are you doing? And my, <laughs> my old thinking strategy is causing shows to grow. Is it old thinking? And, and there's well, no. Well, it may be old, old thinking because it's been around a long time and there's a good reason for it to have been around that long. Well, time. you know, there's so, no, there's no golden the egg. There's no right. one way to do this right. 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 And I try to, I, I challenge myself every year is, is the formula that I am perpetrating or promoting, is it the right formula? And, you know, I, it's, it's tough um, because there's a lot of, lot of sources out there competing for people's time. There's, a, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's uh, all the other social media platforms. And you have the opportunity on an active podcast listener of hundreds of thousands of shows of being able to catch 30 to one hour of that person's time that's spending six to seven hours a week listening to podcasts. So if, if that average, you know, if that podcast listener is listening six to seven hours, what is going to make your show the hour they listen to or how are you getting discovered so you can be listened to in the first place? So, you know, it goes back to discovery again, but at the same time, if you're handicapping your discovery, um, and I don't want to sound like a broken record because I am truly digging for, for ways to help these creators succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I recently had a call with someone, well, it was uh, earlier this week. It was a three-month follow-up from a discussion that we'd had three months ago. And they had implemented some of the things that I just made two or three recommendations. I said, what are we seeing? And we loaded the guy's stats up, and, and we did. We saw an uptick. It wasn't huge, mm -hmm. but it was an uptick where he'd been relatively flat. And I'm like, okay, we need to watch this over the next three to six months and see if the uptick continues because if we go flat line again, then we need to go back and, and reassess. Um, this stuff doesn't happen overnight either when people are trying to grow their shows. Right. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, such a difficult question, Todd, because it, it depends on the genre. It, it depends on your talent. It depends on all these variables that are, that you can't cookie cutter. I mean, I've seen that so many times. It's like a show it has terrific content, but the host doesn't have the right kind of personality or the right presentation. And then there's people that have terrific presentations, but the, the content doesn't have a lot of value or doesn't match the market or the market opportunity. I think also, you know, content, personality, and timing are difficult things to figure out. It's kind of like buying a stock. What's the right time to buy a stock? You buy when it's low and it grows high, right? But who can predict when it's going to 
going to start going up. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to know, um, what you're doing is going to hit. It's, you know, TV shows have been like this for years too. Um, but how do you know? But, you know, I, from that perspective, I don't worry about that. I don't, I, again, because as soon as you do, then people yeah, are sh- sh- shopping hits. It's yeah. And that's, that's the problem with it, right? Is if, if, and I do believe that many in the podcasting space are thinking like that, especially the bigger media companies, they want guarantees right, before they launch a show. You know, good, luck, good luck with that. Right. And so, you know, you're, you're basically telling, um, externally to sponsors or whoever that this show is going to be a hit mm-hmm. even before it's even hit the RSS feed, you know, so, and it's, and it may not be. You know, as a hosting provider, I'm looking to internally, I'm like, is this what we're building mm-hmm. really going to help the content creator? And there's one thing that we're getting ready to to put out that can either go two ways. <laughs> it can either make the content creator go, oh, or oh. You know, and I think sometimes, I hate to say it this way. Sometimes you have to, and again, I don't want to cause myself to lose customers, but I'm also need, people need to know when, when the baby's ugly, you know, when they're ugly to one person, but a, but a beautiful child to another too. But but at the same point, you need to say, okay, what you're doing here is not working. Right. And try at least to give them give them enough intelligible information to make a change to either the content or what they're doing to promote their content. Cause we all want to see an upward slope in listenership. Every one of us does. We want to see that number always climb. And I've been doing my tech show long enough to know that that number doesn't always continue to climb. You can have periods Mm -hmm. of decline and, um, and or just flatlining or, or flatlining at all. Right. 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 And then you have to start, okay, what am I, you know, one time I remember I got kind of like hammered by a Google logarithm change. That was a rough six months. Right. That was rough because the, the audience didn't grow. It just, you know, it froze. Yeah. And so it, it's these types of things ultimately that, um, so Todd, I think you touched on a really important point on all this is that, um, and a lot of podcasters, I, th- I think they go into a podcast and they don't think about this aspect. And the, the, the aspect is, is that you can start wherever you want to start. But that doesn't mean after episode 10, you're going to be in the same spot, right? Right. From the, your production to the content and what you're talking about and how you're presenting and what the format is you should be trying to play with stuff and evolve stuff and improve stuff continuously, trying new things, trying new approaches with your uh, social media, trying new approaches around outreach, trying, you know, always trying new things. I mean, if I think back to my, my journey over six, seven years doing my own show in even before podcasting started, that's what I was spending all my time doing. I was trying to get the word out into yeah. other media and other places and trying new platforms and new ways of distributing my show and, and doing all sorts of different things to try and carve out something that had never been done before. I mean, a lot of what I was doing back then was, 
was not plowed ground. I mean, I was plowing the ground and that, that was very hard, but, but it was also an opportunity too. And, and I think podcasters today, um, have an awful lot of plowed ground that they have to, you know, kind of assess if that's right for them, but maybe they need to think outside of the box a little bit with what they're doing and not just follow just the beaten path that everybody wants to do. And all right, I'm going to get in trouble again. Some people would ask me in the early days of podcasting, do you sleep? <laughs> well, ask Elon okay. Musk, does he sleep? <laughs> I, I, I was working a full-time job in the Navy. Right. I started a company and was building a podcast. Right. Did I sleep? Hell no, I didn't sleep. Four hours, a, four hours a day. I ground. Yeah. I worked like a, I worked like a slave. Yeah. I mean, I worked hard. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, building a business was hard enough. It continued to build a show. You know, I didn't take salary from raw voice until 2019. Most people don't know that. Yeah. You know? What paid me? My podcast paid me. That's what kept you going. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, don't 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 tell me you don't have enough time. If you want to build a big show, you got to work hard. Yeah, and and again, it goes back to goal. What is the goal? It is the goal to build a big show. I think my camera's out of focus. It is is the is the goal to big a build a big show, or is it, you know, what what is your goal? I'm going to switch different yeah. views here for a second, Rob. Yeah. The camera looks fine that way, and that other view it looks it looks it looks out of focus. Oh, now that's definitely out of focus. Mm. All right, that's that's better. Let me now let's come back to the two shot. There we go. Um, so, <sighs> yeah, it is hard work, Todd. At it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're sitting in front of your computer and, and, and trying things. And, and, yeah. and we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Facebook. Didn't have Instagram. We didn't have any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's like the, so, the socials made it easy. I just program it into Hootsuite, Hootsuite sends the tweets out and it's like, you know, yeah. what I used to spend hours doing tracking people down was now it's like, bing, bing, bing at three o'clock in the morning stuff is going out automatically. It's, it's, yeah. uh, so now it's the fun part I'm having internally is I'm, I'm looking for a new social media person. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got the job announcement out there, and um, in only certain states too. I saw. Well, yeah. here's the thing: we're, we're not we're not big like Libsyn and can have you know, a payroll in fifty states. We've got payroll in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Colorado, and Arizona. That's where I've got payroll set up. Yeah, yeah, you're all set up, and I don't want to set up payroll right. anywhere else. I might entertain a couple of states that's real easy to do business in. Arizona was supposed to be easy. Ha ha ha. 
It wasn't easy set payroll in Arizona. Yeah. People forget about that too. There's not just one pay. You have to have payroll insurance in each state. You got to have. Well, especially if there's state income taxes. Right. right. State income, all this crazy stuff. And we have a platform that supports it, but you still have to go in and do all the, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the filings, all the filings and, and all that. Yeah. So if you want to be my social media person, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Colorado, and Arizona. You send, got that memorized, Todd. Send me your, <laughs> send me your, send me your uh, resume. And if you're in one of a couple of other states, I might consider opening payroll. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's generous. Of but you. I'm not yes. opening payroll in California. Yeah, I'm not right. opening payroll in New York. But you might do it in Texas, I would imagine. It's some states that make it easy. Of course, Arizona was supposed to be easy. And, and really, the reason we be, had yeah. the reason we opened in Arizona is we had an employee move to Arizona. So, you know, we wanted to accommodate right. that employee. So we changed, we opened payroll in Arizona. So, yeah, great. <laughs> so. Oh. So Todd, did you see this uh, this research that came out, the Edison research stuff, and then also uh, it looks like uh, Tom Webster wrote this article, Radio Seven Warnings for the Podcasting Industry Part One. But he uh, he quoted a couple of uh, share of ear slides. I don't know if you saw these. Um, I have not. You probably have, and that's the balance between. Uh, Americans, thirteen plus, and their listening devices, right? Mm. So it's, and it's really comparing AFM or AF, AM, FM radio with mobile devices. So when you think about where people are consuming audio, right? Mm-hmm. So we're actually reaching a um, point where, or we have reached a point in twenty twenty two where, at at least in um, personality and talk audio um, on the mobile device, we have now surpassed listening to personality and talk radio on radio. So it's 41% Hmm. on, on podcasting now, and it's only 39% on AM FM radio around personality and talk. So, so considering I haven't radio, considering I haven't listened to anything on, the radio and some AM radio in a long time, a long time. That's, uh, that, that's that stat, right? I mean, if you're listening yeah. to the podcast, but you're not listening to AM FM radio, no, then we've now crossed over, right? So we've now surpassed radio on that side. And then the other, um, thing here is, um, around AM FM radio and just a mobile device, right? Um, we basically, um, AM, FM radio looks like is still, um, where, where the majority of the audio is being consumed. I'm not not just podcasts. I'm talking about all, all audio, Hmm. um, just by two, two percentage points, um, as compared to the mobile device. So we're getting close on that too. Um, so we should probably see in this next year, um, the consumption of all audio basically being dominant on mobile devices. So, and podcasting is going to be leading the way on that. Hmm. I don't know what that makes you think about, but 
What's your takeaway? Well, I think we've been anticipating this convergence moment where these two mediums kind of cross each other's paths, one on the way down and one on the way up. <laughs> yeah, there was a, right. there was, I haven't had time to read Tom's latest article. Um, don't eat me, Tom Webster. It's the one that he's basically don't make these same mistakes. Have you read that article? I've, I probably looked through it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read it yet. So, but I think there, I, I think I skimmed it and it said something about ad load and that kind of stuff. And yeah, but you know, I, if you just we knew that there that that device listening to audio, <laughs> be music or whatever it may is is going to rule the roost. I I think that number is going to increase very very quickly. Um, yeah. because you know, you can see it in what's well, a generational yeah, you know, shift and, and my kids are, you know, my kids, I got kids that are in their thirties already. So, you right. know, they, they grew up with earbuds in their ears, you know, I'm actually, so actually surprised it took this long. <laughs> no, me too. Me right. too. But we yeah. said 10 years ago, it'd be 10 years. And it's going to be another 10 years to. I but in ten years, I think r- regular radio is going to be in FM dial radio is going to be in even more dire straits. Yeah, I, I mean, clearly the trend line here is is that on demand audio is on mobile devices is the future. And I, and I think that streaming audio, radio audio, will continue to pick up too. And I think it's going to make an opportunity for those you know believe it or not um a lot of the stuff that's happening in the podcasting 2.0 space could really spill over into the uh like what we're doing right now we have a we're live if everything worked we have this live action tag that basically says so we're live and in apps we're right. we're being listened to on a stream right now I mean, so what's what's the real listening experience difference from radio when you start getting into that if, right. and, and if, so, you know, if you start programming stuff up, um, in a, they're very, you know, as I've said on this show, anyone that wants to do a live stream of their podcast, all they got to do is email me out and we'll put you on the schedule. I'll give you a login to be able to take over the, yeah. the stream and you can stream anytime you want to stream your podcast. You just need a little app. And the one I'm using is Rocket Broadcaster Pro. You just got to have an audio into it. You click on start broadcasting your streaming audio. Now, how many people are listening? I have no clue. I haven't looked at the stats, but it's, I'm doing it to get in the, to get into the apps, to be live in the apps. And at some point we'll switch this over and we'll do the YouTube stuff and put YouTube in there live. So. Well, and YouTube and TikTok are coming at podcasting fast and furious. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see how how they do. We'll see. How uh, I'm I'm out. still a bit of a naysayer on the YouTube thing because someone was ra- bragging, huge, and I put a thing in a Facebook. I said, please tell me the names of all the podcasts. This person was bragging about how he's listening to all these podcasts on YouTube. Please tell me the names of all the podcasts on YouTube. Right. So that I can go look them up in Apple Podcasts. And you know what? <sighs> Crickets. Crickets. Right. Oh, he wouldn't right. give me the names of the shows that he was listening to on YouTube. So 
And I did a little experiment. Yeah. And it really is this younger generation that doesn't, because my nephew, my, ne my nephew right. said, well, I listen to podcasts on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, really? I said, which, which one is that? Yeah. What, what do you listen to? And, and he listed off a couple of things and I Googled that and I'm like, um, that is a YouTube channel. Right. It's they don't podcast. have a podcast. Right. But there's people out there that get upset with you, Todd, for saying that. It's like, well, they, the, mean, the show, I don't care about I, RSS anymore. I watched the YouTube channel right. he was referring to the two. And right. they said nothing about having a podcast, nothing about a show. They were YouTubers, but the perception was yeah, by my nephew probably doing it like this, right? Yep. The perception, like the perception of my nephew, it was a podcast. So, but they had no podcast, no podcast. Uh, there was, they weren't in Apple podcasts. They weren't on Spotify. They were just on YouTube. So they were like this, doing just as we were. Yep. Sports. So it doesn't matter yeah. what what medium this is put out in. People are clearly shifting to seeing whether it's YouTube or whether it's just a recorded video right. or whatever. If it looks like a podcast, sounds like a podcast, <laughs> exactly. it must be a podcast. It must be a podcast. It must it's smell not, like a nothing podcast. Nothing to do with right. RSS. Right, right, nothing. <laughs> Which, which is, you know, it's fine, but at least for the first time, I had yeah. some ancillary evidence of wh where this, where this, this, this thing is, oh, YouTube is big on, uh, podcasting is big on YouTube. Right. And I'm, I, I lot, I watch a lot, but I lot, I watch traditional YouTube channels where they're walking around with a camera yeah. <laughs> and doing stuff. I don't watch. YouTube channels like this or what we're doing on YouTube right now. I don't watch this <laughs> because why? why? Actually, why? I find myself watching more things like this on YouTube. Really? Then I, I listen to audio why? just on my mobile device. Why, 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 why waste your time? Well, there's a lot of interesting content up on okay up so on, you can listen on. to that interesting content you don't well, have so it's not available. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's not available as a podcast so there you right. go okay right. so, so i'm i'm a living example of what this this use case scenario looks <sighs> like so, so yeah so th there you go there's yeah. the answer right so <laughs> guess what now the podcasting medium in includes YouTubers too. We should just embrace them, bring it over, give them a big hug and say, welcome to the podcasting medium. Tom says, you mean you wouldn't hire me because I live in Massachusetts? Uh, Tom, I don't know what the, is, is Massachusetts a labor friendly state? I, we would probably, I would probably make an exception and set up payroll in Massachusetts for you. Well, Tom, 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 he could probably, uh, you know, uh, apply for the job, Tom. Yeah, he would demand. Come on, fly time. I'll put you <laughs> hired. <laughs> Don't know if I can afford you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you so, might end up getting paid more than me. Um, no. Part-time job for Tom. <laughs> you know, the, it, it is a pain in the ass to set up payroll. You should know that. You're part of a business now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It is a pain. You know, it really, really is. 
But oh. um, I know I I think that uh, again I don't care where people consume the content long as they consume it. Yeah, you know it's the end of the day. But, I could, there's a lot of people that are asking about. Well, if I'm gonna do a podcast, I gotta have video. So I, yeah. I, I mean that's that's gonna be the going forward more and more, that's going to be the default answer. But I, if but you're I, starting a podcast, you got to have, you know, reels and stories and yeah. Okay. Well, TikTok, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I think, you know, just going to Riyadh was a very clear indication that, um, there's going to be a, a huge segment of podcast creators that have no desire to do video. Really? Yeah. Privacy. Uh, right. Visual privacy. Visual privacy. And if you think about There's it. There's a new buzz term for you, Todd. Visual, visual privacy. privacy. There you go. Well, I just made one it's up. It's not a new concept. It's just maybe it's not a term that's been generally used in reference in podcasting. So. Because I think everyone thinks, you know, for me, my again, going back to the reason we started doing live, I was in Hawaii at 8 o'clock at night. I was bored. I wanted someone in the chat room like Tom to say, you mean you wouldn't hire me because I live in Massachusetts? That's, you know, that to me would have been like five minutes of conversation on my tech show, <laughs> you know, because someone made a comment while I was like, for conversation at that point, yeah, right? and doing a solo show. I, you know, I don't right. have you to, on my solo show. I don't have you here to entertain me, Rob. So it's like, that's true. And I am a lot of entertainment. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, so doing the, doing the live, for for me had this other motive and I always wondered and as I see the audience like shift, it's still like 70, 30. I'm like, why, why the hell is 30% of this audience watching? Right. But it, again, it goes back to, you go to the doctor. Well, do you, do you learn best by reading, watching or reading? You know, he's like, what's, what's, what's your best, you know, they ask you that question because they want to give you materials when you go home to make sure that you take your Tylenol correctly, you know? So, <laughs> Right, and that's why I have all, all all this all this motion graphics behind me is to mesmerize the, yeah, the, it, the it, viewers, it, so they'll continue watching. Yeah, you definitely have like. got that going on back there. So <laughs> I don't know if I need to do any more lighting back here or not. To, no, I, I, I think to, I think I have enough visual stimulation going on to keep people engaged back there. So. Well, you can see half my face. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when we're in this split screen, that I have to adjust the camera view, so I stay in the middle. I can't slide over far enough. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I'll be honest with you, Rob. I, I need a vacation. <laughs> Todd's, Where would you go, Todd? Todd's, Todd's tired. <laughs> I, I, you know, to be honest with you. Probably south, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, probably. Someplace a little warmer, but. Um, it's just been full on full. I mean, rocket ship full on. I cannot keep up with my dev team. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that is quite the problem. It is quite the problem. <laughs> 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 and we're, and, and we're doing this Apple integration, I guess, you know, it's publicly known and that's almost done. And so I'm like trying to get three or four projects ready now so that, cause the dev team is like, rum, rum. I was, I was gonna say, Todd, are you uh, <laughs> racing to keep up with adding items to your, your roadmap? Is that what is I have? I have plenty in the roadmap. The roadmap is, is you know, two okay. pages long. It's having the projects ready, designed, oh, copy, okay. everything ready Spec'd to hand. Out. 
right. to hand over because we, we stopped right. shooting by the hip. We, you know, we adopted scrum and we were living by scrum. And I'm, you know, I said, a, drew a line in the sand says marketing will have everything ready for dev. <laughs> and all of a sudden dev is like, Hmm, <laughs> we're waiting on you. I'm like, and have, can't have devs idle. <laughs> They're too expensive to have idle. But I knew, you know, it is, it's, it's good. It really is. It's, you know, it's, you know, so lots of stuff forthcoming here, <laughs> a bunch. So. Todd, did you see in the newsletter, um, the, the pod news newsletter, that that James posted an image to a, uh, a data point that he's, he, he was featuring about, uh, what genres had the highest ad loads? Oh, I thought that was an interesting little um, post that he had in there. He what said, date was that? Uh, that was on the first of November, as the is the newsletter, and he said that uh, in quarter three of twenty twenty two, five out of nineteen genre genres highlighted in this chart increase their average ad load. Oh, and it said ad load on leisure podcasts. These are the mm-hmm. vacation podcasts or whatever, um, increased, uh, 0.19%. So one twentieth of a percent. And, um, and while ad loads on fiction podcasts decreased by 1.69%. So I think, um, that's interesting. I, I never really thought that fiction would have a lot of advertising in it anyway. I don't know about you, but. Uh, it's a great place for it, especially for native. For it's a native usually ad. in just pre-roll and post-roll, right? Well, no, if, you, if you're doing fiction, you could talk about the Coca-Cola you're drinking. Well, okay. You're talking yeah. about kind of placement. Yeah, stuff. placement stuff. Native, right. native placement ads. But of course, the FCC now has a pretty dim view on that unless you disclose it. So. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. interesting. Source Magellan AI. Right. So it said uh true crime. So this is the, this is how much the ads load went up, but not the actual number. So point nine, you know, one point six nine percent, that's how do you how do you even calculate that on a ad spot yeah. basis? You can't. It, you to can't, me that doesn't just, really mean too much. It doesn't mean much. Right. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway, it's just, you know, it's interesting that we're getting this kind of data. That data is coming out of Magellan AI, which is, I had mentioned earlier, right? getting into these, these type of data points. And I think you can maybe extract that when you're pulling transcripts and you're able to analyze the ad loads in, in those shows based on pulling those transcripts. And mm-hmm. if you run AI technology against it, you can detect those ads and count them across large numbers of shows to come up with a chart like this. Yeah. And of course the announcement today, and I actually saw my Amazon prime announcement come yesterday, but I didn't read it. It's, you know, it's usually like, Oh, your plan just got better. And I just deleted it because you know, it means nothing to me except well, my right. free shipping. And uh, they're talking about how Gimlet shows over there are going to be free if you have Amazon Prime. Right. So I wonder how they're working that. I wonder if they give the Gimlet team 0.0001% of uh, Prime's uh, 
revenue or is just that just goes is it now become a line item has gimlet become a line item for for amazon where they fight um, for budget doesn't i think gimlet uh is owned by spotify oh so right? who who owns what does amazon own which one do they own uh wondery wondery so excuse me wondery. so that so that's the question then does wondery now just have to fight for a production budget just like anything else I would think so. Yeah, I yeah. would think so too. Yeah, but I thought it, I thought it was interesting in James's newsletter as well. It, uh, it for November first, um, the top uh, show on Spotify was Case sixty three from Gimlet. What is that? I guess it's a new podcast from hmm. Gimlet, Case sixty three. But um, no Joe Rogan. Well, Joe Rod Rogan's hated right now, just like Elon Musk. Everyone's dogging on Joe Rogan, and everyone's dogging on Elon Musk. So does that mean that if the if if the if the Republicans win the election, that they'll all of a sudden be the the favored child? Rob, what's going to happen? Rob, you think? Rob, <laughs> he, that's already a done deal. So I think it's I think it's going to be a bloodbath. To be honest with you, <laughs> right. you know, who knows? Right. You know. Yeah. I I go to the grocery store and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I think I got to put a few things back. My credit card's going to bounce. Um, so, I, who knows? So, so this is also sign up to speak at conferences coming up time frame too. I don't know if you've been popping it, stuff. Up I there. have not applied for PodFest. I have not applied for podcast movement in Los Angeles or wherever we're doing it. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. I have Vegas. not right. submitted for each of those. So those, um, those deadlines are coming up. Yeah. I think the, I think the one for podcast movement has already passed for, oh, for Nevada. Oh, um, it is. I think so. But again, I, you know, I, this, this whole event thing, well, I think we officially told them, because uh, I told Mackenzie to let him know yesterday, we're we're not going to exhibit at Podfest. So I will be there. Yeah, yeah, because we have a a session for this show. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be there, but right. we're not going to exhibit. Right. So, you know the the ROI. I gotta have you know, gotta have some ROI out of these events. I just can't go to go, right? Yeah. And um, so we're looking at a completely new strategy for next year. I mean, it's it's gotten tough on the event side. Yeah, it yeah. has. I so I'll have more to talk about in the coming months. But yeah, we're gonna do something different next year because that that just it's just flushing money down the toilet. I want to support these events. Don't get me wrong. I love the people that are putting these events together. But there has to be ROI. Yeah. They've got to get people to the event, get people turning out. They got to get new people that want to start a podcast. And those are the kind of things. And those are the things that have been lacking. Mm -hmm. You know, some events I have to go to wave the flag and say, we're still in business. We're still here. Glad to see you. Hand out some swag. You know, but, yeah. uh, so I'm sure, you know, these people that are in aftermarket, 
In other words, you know, like aftermarket car parts, aftermarket podcasting services are probably going to do very well at these shows. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's a it's a it's a different it's it's completely changed for us. And COVID really made a negative impact. And maybe the numbers will come back, and maybe I'll kick myself in the butt and say it was a bad business decision to be there, but or not be there in with a booth. But so, are you going to go to CES? I'm going to CES, but I have a different motive for CES is a different goal for me. You know, CES feeds my other thing that I do on the personal right. side. Right. And gives me exposure different ways. You know, it, yeah, it doesn't help my podcast. New no, central. Do, I have to right. take PTO to go to that. I, I, you know, I have to take personal time off. I don't get a, you know, I don't get paid to go down there. It's all on Todd. So, yeah. We are going to go to NAB, but I'm not in a godforsaken West Hall. We're in Central, not in a perfect position, but I told NAB, we're not going unless we get moved. We're done. I'd sacrifice the, whatever it is, $2,000 I have remaining credit there. But I'm not taking three people. I'm going to probably take two. And then we'll suffer through the booth time. And if the booth is slow, well, we'll leave one person there and the other person can go wander the floor. NAB, this is my last year for NAB. If NAB doesn't, if, if, it, if NAB is a dud, this is it. We're done with NAB. Yeah, I only, I mean, I was really, for all intents and purposes, I was really the only one that worked the NAB show in New York um, for Lipson. I mean, I had a couple of folks come by. But nobody but, was there full time. But I might consider going to the show in London. You know, we might consider that. You know, I'm going to be looking more at overseas events. I think that's a good one. Um, I think that would be kind of new territory. I right. Mean, I've I've been to that show before, and it's it's a it's a rival to podcast movement. There's a lot of energy over there for podcasting that I think. The U.S. You, is kind of you, you just said something right there. I came back from Riyadh and was literally high on energy yep. for a week. Right, coming out of that event. It's a new market. It's it's and it's, it's got that early. It's days got that feel. feel. It's got right. that feel and excitement right. and. It's got that. And it's not that it's feel. not exciting here in the United States. Don't get me wrong, but the market's matured. Right. And. Yeah, we did. Yeah. There's not a lot of I, new, new energy in this market. I found a YouTube video of the Riyadh presentation, but it's in Arabic. They did, they overdubbed it, the English into Arabic. So I've asked the organizers, do you have an English version of that presentation? I'd really love to be able to share that with people so people could see and hear keyword here is here what Spotify rep had to say. Um, I think it would be eye opening to content creators here. Um, about what they thought about the, their... the, the messaging that they're, how their messaging is different. In that part of the world, right here, right. 
So, so what do you think that messaging is? How is it derived differently? Do you think generally? We own the space. We're here to help you. We're like the government. We're here to help. And uh, we've got the presence to help you. Mm. Yeah. And friendly group, but that's the messaging. <laughs> I, yeah. It, if that is the emotional feel of it, then that's what it is. That was right? my emotional feel, but I also, you know, I'm biased. So I'd rather hear, you know, I have a, I have a bias. I have a pre-built, you know, you know, wanting to give someone a double bird sometimes, you know, that's, that's the pre-built and bias. Just feel the, the, the urge. <laughs> the, the urge. The urge to fly. Let the bird fly. Right. Thank you, know, you, Elon. To free the bird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's not, it, it, don't take me that wrong, but sometimes it's like, I just get like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, and it's my competitive sense coming out. Really? Oh, okay, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You know, and it's like, I, you know, they're the 800-pound gorilla, and I'm the mouse. You know, I'm getting ready to get squashed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, maybe, so maybe it's just envy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Or you know, I'm not, too, I'm not too David you know, and Goliath type of scenario. Yeah, right? and, and, I'm not, and I'm not too, you know, I'm not too proud to not know that, you know, you know, my little podcast hosting company is, you know, you look, you're like, oh, I'm going to compete against those guys. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're shaking in their boots, Todd. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> well, you aren't either, right? <laughs> no, but at the same point, it's, that's the feel. You're like, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> I need a hundred million dollars right now. <laughs> Come that's on, right. someone write me a check. Where's that VC when I need it? You know, yeah. let's go get them. Yeah. Uh, so. If you do know a native Arabic speaker, I'm looking for a social media person for uh, Saudi too. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Got to have somebody boots on the ground. Got to be. <laughs> Some native speaker. It's, you know, this is. Otherwise, you're, you can't communicate. <laughs> Yeah. And not know the nuances. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> World is full of nuance. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh So what what else is going on here, Todd? You know, be honest with you. I, I've had my head down so hard and just you know, I I've got my fifth <laughs> Fifth or sixth blue journal I filled this year, you know, just like scribbling and stuff. It's, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think the number on Sirius saying that they had 123 million in revenue in podcasting for quarter 322, that's a pretty impressive number. That's a pretty yeah. impressive number. If, 100, if they did 123 million just for podcasting for their shows, that's yeah. a number, dude. That's a number. Right. That is a number. It is a number. And, you know, how many, how, what is, I'd like to know across how many shows. That's what I really want to know. How many shows did it take to earn 123 million? Were those shows that, of properties they own and control? Right. You know, and how much of that revenue share went back to the content creator? You know, how much of that went back? 
Yeah. Did 60 million of that go back to the talent? I doubt it. Yeah. Because if it is, some podcasters are going to be rolling. <sighs> you know, that's the thing I always want. I see this big number, 123 million. Okay. Right. Then how much did the talent make of that? Was it pennies? Were they on the contract? Were they on minimum wage? You know what? What? What did they get paid? This is where we don't see it. That's a, oh wow, they did one hundred twenty-three million. But what? How did that trickle back to the the talent? Is the talent like artists now? Music artists that are starving? <clears throat> yeah. That's true. We don't know. Because everybody's got contracts. They got NDAs. They can't reveal. They can't talk about it, right? <clears throat> Todd, have you been following this PodX group out of Europe? No. Um, in September, PodX announced its acquisition. There used to be a podcast conference called PodX. Actually, I... I worked it uh, at one point in Nashville, mm -hmm. uh, but I guess this company picked up the the domain name because that that event shut down. But um, PodX announced its acquisition of a majority share in a French podcast production company, um, Novellas Ecantes. I I can't really pronounce mm -hmm. the the second word, but. Um, PodX Group are are now becoming the majority shareholders in Golden Hawk Productions, a unique production company specializing in audio drama and fiction, um, with a catalog of premium IP. Uh, the company is also behind a global success of um, Passenger List, Mumbai Crime, Life After the Cipher, and a bunch of other. Um, kind of drama production company type of, um, of shows, you know, shows that are being done by more pro podcaster type companies. Um, and they've been talking to folks in Europe. I actually went, when I was back in Europe at uh, radio days this past summer, <clears throat> there was big talk about these folks talking to everybody in, in Europe and wanting to acquire everybody. So, the, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what PodX. So how much, so what are they backed by? Um, I guess it's an investment fund of some yeah. sort that's coming in. Some late stage up. investment company. Right. I'm not sure that they're My, fo my phone has rang off the hook of these types of people. They're coming in and just trying to scoop stuff up for 10 cents on the dollar. Right. So it's a Stockholm headquartered company that's committed to investing in international podcast IP rights, hmm. offering financing as well as support around business development, the internet, the internationalization and commercialization to emerging podcast producers and creators. Well, it, there must be blood in the water because investors are smelling it. They want to scoop, yeah. scoop stuff up. They think that because of this, you know, the free money going down, I tell you what, again, it goes back to being yeah. profitable. You know, if, if your company is not profitable, this free money, if you're on VC money right now, you know, and you can't meet your objectives to get another round, you're done. You know, 
It's, 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 uh, you better sell. Yep. Former podcast consultant, Tanner Campbell. I'm not selling former podcast consultant, Tanner Campbell has made his course on how to launch a podcast entirely free. Now. Well, I thought Tanner was kind of retiring from being a podcast consultant. He is. He said, former podcast consultant. Yep. Tanner Campbell has made his course on how to launch a podcast entirely free. Now, if you are a retired podcast consultant, I'm just doing a little dig here, Tanner. Don't take this the wrong way. Is that the course you should be following? Right. Again, I I don't know. I haven't seen this course, and it could be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Todd, did you see this uh, this Road X? It's a new product. Yeah, I did. It's for music creators. Gaming, too. Yeah. Gaming creators. They understand. They understand what's going on. Yeah. So the podcast.txt tag has been formalized in the new podcast namespace. This is the one that was formally, uh, I guess, can I say it? Yeah, it was formally submitted by someone over at Apple. As a good idea, and uh, it's a partial way for podcasters to put a piece of text, aka challenge token, verification code, in their feed to claim their podcast. And we know that Apple's already announced that they're doing away with emails and RSS feeds. Um, and Buzzsprout was the first to jump on that. Buzzsprout has removed emails from their right. uh, RSS feeds, although the podcaster can turn it on for like a twenty-four hour period for a verification thing. Um, we had a, we had a meeting internally. Um, it was on our list. We were waiting for the podcast text tag to get formalized before we decide what we're going to do, but, um, we're going to follow suit at some point here in the near future and removing it's pissing some people off. There is a, uh, underground current of people upset that the email addresses are coming out of RSS feeds. And, uh, all I can say is just like Buzzsprout said, buy spammers. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you're objecting to that, um, it does make you wonder what, why do you want access to that? Well, there's some big, big groups that are very upset about this. So, right. uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also the lock tag that is, was put in place by many of us does not need the email address anymore associated with it. So that's a optional piece and we're talking nerdy stuff now. But I did find it curious about this article about Facebook working on a new audio compression format and uh, claiming 10 times better audio compression than MP3, Mm. which is basically smaller file sizes for the same quality or better. So you see that. uh, That's something James announced. Of course, Opus has been around for years, but Opus never took took I had an Opus feed for the first two or three years I did my podcast and it offers three times better compression than MP3. But most people say Opus, Opus, what is that? You know, they have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't supported by iOS though. The Opus never has been. We did Opus in the early days for some of those weird media players that were out there that could not play MP3 because of the previous licensing issues on MP3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, it'd be interesting if um, if that gets traction. Well, the problem is, is if Apple doesn't, if Amazon has come up with a quote unquote new audio format dot something. So is it Facebook or is it Amazon? It's uh, no, excuse me, Facebook. Sorry, Facebook. Yeah. Okay. If if they come up with something, the problem with this adoption is is getting the players to support the file. You know, if you have this new format right. and this new codec, you know, it could be the the best thing to ever hit the internet. But unless you get the players to adopt it, um, it'll never make traction. It's just like, but is, it, but is it really needed? That's the thing, you know? Well, if it, I don't know. You just imagine having higher quality audio with the same compression rate. I, I, like, I guess it goes that way, but it, it could also just go where you're just making smaller file yeah, sizes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, is that of great benefit to um, the, to those anyway. in developing countries? Absolutely. That has, That's true. it would be fantastic. That's true. In like uh, Central Africa, sure. places like that that are bandwidth starved. Yep. I guess that does make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's some of the stuff that's happened around here that's been happening this week. Um, kind of yeah. quiet. And actually, I'm I'm kind of glad it's kind of quiet because that's just I've I've just had to be head down working. But um, yeah, it's coming off this trip. It was, and then I had a, something else business to do uh, late last week. Uh, I, I, yeah, as, as I, as I said, I need a vacation. <laughs> you just should take it, Todd. Well, yeah, well, I'm going to take one in December at some point. So maybe, maybe around Thanksgiving too, a little bit, but, yeah. um, I don't know. It's an interesting time in the podcasting space. Lots of moving pieces. Lots of moving bodies. Uh, so. Yeah. What's the big, big thing that's coming in 2023 is the question in, in my mind, you know, more broadly and more focused what's happening in the medium and what's happening to our world around us, you know? Right. Yeah. And, it's going to be interesting to see what Elon does with Twitter. Um, does he, does he expand its podcasting capabilities? Does he just turn it into a big cryptocurrency um, transaction? Nah, That's he's the not. Bigger question. He, he has to make up $400 million in the money that they burned last year that um, was taken out of tax, out of uh, stockholder equity. He has to get that company profitable. Because it's privately held. Oh, no, not... I don't doubt he's going to do that. I think he's going to, there's going to be fees and additional services that it offers and things like that. I mean, he's had this vision for this X app for for years and years and years back from his PayPal days. Well, um, he's talking about uh, bringing back Vine, maybe. You know, and so... Vine is part of his competitive approach to TikTok. TikTok yeah. yeah. But how many TikToks it's... do you need? I, I think it's going to be hard-pressed to beat anyone on TikTok. Or to beat TikTok. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of hard to be a follow-up leader. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's not been a lot of evidence of success for that. So it's going to have to break the mold somehow. Right. Um, and then Twitter, I, you know, Elon's, if you think about Elon, he's 
got pretty strong background in payments and transactions in his past. And that's what his vision for that X app was. Right. So, and a lot of the people he's surrounding himself at Twitter, um, have that in their background, uh, with interest in cryptocurrency. So we'll see how yep. this all pans out. Yep. All right, sir. So, all right. I think we'll get out of here a little early today. Okay. And uh, everyone, thanks for being here. Hope you weren't too bored. We're, I'm, be honest with you, I'm a little punchy today. So I'm a little, a little grumpy. <laughs> Got my grumpy head on. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving is right around the corner now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Big old big uh, turkey day and then uh, shopping galore, which has already started. There's already Christmas stuff in, in stores, and that irritates me. It's still too early. I think it's too early to be in there. I was right. walking through a Target, and I'm like, "What? What Christmas stuff?" But it's still warm here. I mean, the trees are all losing their leaves, but it's been warm. It's been like in the up middle 60s all week this week. And it's yeah. supposed to get up to 70 next week, and it's like, okay, all right, we'll take it. All yeah, right, we'll, we'll see. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Okay. We'll see you next time Bye. here on the new media show. Take care. Bye-bye. See if I can do this right.